Previously on Almost Heroes. Uh, we pick up in the heat of battle when Goldbreak just decides to cast Time Stop and freeze our heroes right in their place. He begins to pontificate about his goals and greedy desires. Then he reveals his overwhelming frustration with how the Seven, a group of heroes, were able to ascend to godhood. Meanwhile, a more deserving and poor dragon like himself was left to decay in mortality. Cosmo, Rangram, and Glynn hurl insults at Goldbreak, goading him into dropping the spell and continuing the fight. But unfazed, Goldbreak unveils a scrying portal to show the war-torn Winterhaven, displaying Lady Zaran and Bakrin fighting against the Empire. Seemingly out of nowhere, Goldbreak waves his hand, and in a massed Zephyrian army descends and begins ravishing the Revivist army. After some more monologuing, Goldbreak commands the now fully healed Jakar to kill the heroes. Then, Jakar, in the act of betrayal, swallows Goldbreak whole and begins to fly away as fast as they can. As Jakar is ascending, his throat and body begin to bloat, and in a shower of viscera, a massive figure erupts from the inside of Jakar, and the once-cursed beast's body drops to the floor below. Descending from Jakar's place in the sky is a massive, iridescent, resplendent gold dragon. Goldbreak comes crashing down and tells the heroes to bask in the glory of his magnificence. A mighty battle ensues. Cosmo slaps some smites. Glenn blasts his bow. Rangrim, well... Rangrim chokes Goldbreak with an elephant. The two forces clash violently and deal epic amounts of damage to each other. Rangrim goes down. Glenn saves him with a superior healing potion, resetting Glenn's revive punch card. Just a reminder to Dan on that one. And as Rangrim and the guys set up for their death blow, what they think will be a death blow on Goldbreak, Goldbreak erupts in a massive explosion of fire and light and sends the heroes flying off in every direction. And that is where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. That brings us to episode 130, Fractured Future, Part 3. So when we last left off, the three of you were, well, there's no other way to say it, Dragon Balls Deep in furious combat with Goldbreak in his his resplendent form. Uh, A gargantuan gold dragon covered in glowing multicolored gem shards. And that is exactly where we will we where we will resume. So, you all have been thrown back by this uh, this burst of energy that radiated out of Goldbreak, and you see them now pacing around the edge of the platform slowly, uh, and they're breathing, just breathing heavily. I must give you credits. You all have succeeded in forcing me to expend much more of my energy than any before you. Quite an achievement. And um, as he uh, finishes saying that, you you see them uh, turn their head and cough and spew this spray of multicolored blood uh, out onto the platform, or like uh, onto the platform below. Uh, And then you see them smirk with flames curling from their nostrils. But how much longer do you think you can keep this up? You look like you're at death's door. Roll me an insight check, the three of you. Um, 15 plus one, 16. Not good. My passive is much higher than what I rolled. Can I uh, take my passive? <laughs> now let's go, let's go with the rolls. Damn it. 
Uh, 13. Okay. Um, Cosmo, and maybe maybe a little bit Rangrim, definitely not Glenn. Um, you don't... You can tell, looking at Goldbreak, that though they are putting on a like this kind of like facade of strength, they are very clearly injured, like very injured. Um, and as you're kind of you know coming to this conclusion or this assumption, you they continue to circle, um, just kind of circling slowly, almost walking to the left as um, around this around this platform. And almost as if it's like un- unconscious movement, like they're just kind of moving. Um, but they they seem like as they're moving, they are like they are slowly drawing closer to the center, almost spiraling inwards, um, getting closer to that heart uh, of AO that is still radiating energy at the center, um, almost seemingly as if it's by incident. They're just like moving slowly inwards. Uh, Cosmo would say. I'll go as long as I have to. And um, uh, you're going to see like this, like just like a gold aura kind of come up around him. Okay. What, what is that? Uh, he casts aura of vitality. Okay. Currently does nothing. It's purely for the RP. Okay. I love it. Just kind of, you're like, oh, you're a big old dragon. I'm just going to do my gold aura. We'll both be gold. The gold off. Um, he, as he continues to circle, he continues and kind of like gestures upwards towards the sky, like looking up for just a second. Quite extraordinary, isn't it? He, and as he's gesturing up, you you kind of like follow his gaze, and you can see the continuing starfall as these streaks of multicolored light fall from the sky above. Did you know that this is the only place that this event occurs? And when I say only place, I mean the only place across all perceivable planes and realities that I've witnessed. The starfall is unique, a gift from the heavens, just for us. And he continues to circle. Well, that's funny. I always kind of assumed it was you doing that nonsense. (laughs) That's interesting. But as I'm not surprised, incorrect. But clearly, do either of the other you know what this gift contains do you know what the true nature of this bespoke celestial show is Ringroom's like coughing up blood as he's like standing up like (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure it means you're gonna fucking die dick (laughs) it's just like middle finger (laughs) Add him to the sky. He, uh, he, you see a small, uh, like, just kind of like a, a smug smirk, uh, curl out the side of their mouth with a little bit of smoke, and 
a dribble of that multicolored blood as he looks towards Glenn, uh, and then it kind of stops moving, seemingly allowing you to the time to answer. Uh, I understand it, and gonna cough out like a tooth. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we're we're being visited uh from some other planes, as as I've come to read effectively. I know those are our gateways to other planes, but I don't necessarily know who or what's sending the stars, but I'm going to guess all those pretty stones covering your body might match what we might find at the end of one of those trails. Sound pretty well, close? Well, quite impressive, Zephyrian. Quite impressive. And he, he smirks, uh, showing teeth, uh, just like rows and rows of these like razor sharp teeth. We have the seven mortal fools who play at being gods to think for, for this show. For when they slew the great god Eo, they set this whole event into motion. You see, many believe that when the gods were, when the god Eo was destroyed, that the, sim- the gods simply ceased to be. But in actuality, they were shattered in millions of fragments. Fragments that you now see falling from the sky above. And he pauses in his movement and looks a little bit contemplative and goes, Though, I will admit, I don't know myself why they continue to fall 50 years later, but either way... It certainly made it difficult for me to hunt them all down, but I've been able to recover most of them. Magnificent, aren't they? And you see him ex- like puff out his chest and kind of like extend his neck upwards with his wings uh, going to their full extent as he showcases the the full extent of his basically the his form. Um, and you see this radiant color, this gold that is just embedded with just an innumerable number of these multicolored gems of all sizes. They're just like, they're they're not glowing. Um, they're they're just kind of embedded there. But his like skin itself, the the red is the 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 gold is radiant around these gems. Um, and as he's saying this, he sounds very very proud, and a smug smile just crosses his mouth. Um, but then that smile after a second, like, after like a, a, like a couple, like, you know, a minute, half a minute or so of him, like kind of showing off this, you know, resplendent form of these gems embedded into his body, the smile drops. However, no matter how many fragments I've collected, they have yet to lend their power to me, only their memories. And... He he moves, he takes one more step forward and says, Until now, that is. I have been fortunate enough for you to provide me with the very key I need to unlock their true potential. And even after every memory of you has been cleansed from this world, for that, you will always have my gratitude. And in a movement like a snake striking, Goldbreak's mouth snaps forward, 
and his jaws close around the heart of Ao. And time just stops. Not actually, but just in this moment, this this quick second of like this this thing happening so fast. You all are stuck in this moment of just like abject terror as you see the mouth close around this the heart of Ao and the energies within this this spiraling basketball-sized ball of energy that is radiating with this like red, green, and blue energies inside of it that were was created from the sacrifices that you made down below the Bontar's Lock in the heart of Ao and the in the temple of Ao. And then things happen fast. Very rapidly, things begin to unfold. And as you see the heart of Ao swallowed, you hear a, a, like a, a, a wet swallow from Goldbreak. You see them just start to radiate this like incredibly bright light and then just begin to scream in incredible pain. And as this begins, you see these red like as this is happening, you're seeing these red, green, and blue cracks begin to of energy begin to appear all over Goldbreak's form. Um, you see them like just tearing down the body. These like, and you see light that is coming out in these kind of like primary colors that is shining all over his body as these rents just begin to appear of energy all over the body. And then you see actual chunks of his flesh begin to pull away, break away from the body and levitate into the air, pull it, like hovering off of his form by like a, several feet as this energy begins to tear through him. And as this happens, you hear Goldbreak roar. And this wave of red, green, and blue energy washes out from him directly towards you. I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Ooh. Oh, sick. I'm, I'm good at those. Good at watching Rangrim fail those. <laughs> Glendice, come on, Glendice. <laughs> I remember correctly, these are all insanely high, so I want to be optimistic <laughs> with the 21. It's but cocked. Say it's it's cocked. It's, it's teetering between an 8 and a 20. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. no. Uh, whoever made that Dungeons right. box. Sorry, my life. It's a Get 20. It's a 20? Ooh. God. Well done. Well done. So... Brain room doesn't die from this failed back save. A 16. Believe it or not, that's not going to do it. Cosmo and Glenn, you all are going to take the uh, take the damage. Um, Rangrim, with a natural take 20, I'm going to say that you are not going to take any. I would like to note that I still got higher than Rangrim, even though I didn't roll a natural 20. I still technically got higher than him. I know it doesn't count because save 20 is a save. I get that, but I just... Like for the I, no, totally. Um, you did I still, still beat Rainer. You still failed the save, though. That's true. I just want everybody to know. I rolled that. a natural 20. Uh, funny enough. Plus zero. I took feet, so I have a, I have a plus five to deck saves. <laughs> plus Whose feet did you take? Uh, I think you yours, actually. Young me. Glenn's feet. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I have a plus four from um, Cosmo as well, so that's actually a 29. Get wrecked, Glenn. Ah, shit. I should have been on the other side. Um, that's just going to be a uh, just a young uh, seven damage actually uh, for both Cosmo oh, and Glenn. Um, as you uh, as this wave of energy dodge. blasts towards you, um, you are uh, the two of you are hit with it in the chest and uh, are pushed backwards ten feet. 
Um, Rangrim, you're able to, uh, I think just like, I, I think just like you put your shield down and you just like, like a statue, you just withstand this blast as it washes past you and radiates outwards. The three of you see it just continue outwards as it like spreads outwards away from you. Um, and as this, um, as this explosion, uh, like of energy, this, this wave of energy, uh, you know, blasts past you, you start to see cracks in the ground on the temple that you, the platform that you're standing on, uh, begin to appear, and you begin to feel a familiar feeling that you felt not too, not too long ago, as the ground beneath you begins to rise, and as this, um, as you see this, these like cracks of the ground begin to form, they're like radiating this like red, green, and blue energy as chunks of the ground beneath you of this platform begin to lift out of the bond first lock and rapidly rise into the air above, breaking apart into all of these pieces. Not all of them is, is actually rising up into the air, uh, but you feel as this, this platform begins to like just ascend into the sky quickly um, as if you are like just shooting like a cork out of a bottle, rising up to join the starfall above you. You all continue to rise into the air, trying your best to stay on these floating pieces of the platform that are not like falling down beneath you. As pieces are like falling off and breaking away, like they're falling down and you're like jumping onto different pieces and trying to stay on these larger pieces of these platforms as they rise into the air. Um, and like I said, this is rap this is rising rapidly and you're just kind of stuck to the ground as you are continuing to shoot like a cork out of a bottle. And then almost as quickly as it began, um, this this ascension slows to a stop and you feel yourself kind of rise into the air a second and it kind of slam back into the ground. And as you get back to your feet and take stock of your surroundings, you find yourself hundreds of feet in the air above a dark sakal below you. And you can see around that you can see these um, these like lights from the cities and you can see Whitport and you can see all these areas. Obviously they're very far away, but you can see the lights of them because it's still dark. Um, and down below you can see the the reflections of the starfall in the dark Bonhurst lock beneath you. Um, and above you, you, I mean, you've flown plenty of times and even during starfalls, but uh, you're very high and you're very high in the sky right now and you can uh <laughs> yeah um, you can, uh, oh, dude. Oh, dude. the um you can see the streaks of the starfall above um very close and as you take your eyes off the heavens and look forward towards the form of goldbreak you see they have changed their body is cracked and broken and there are these energy these 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 color these red green and blue uh lines of energy that are just like arcing off of their body and these arcs kind of begin to like coalesce like the red kind of like these energy starts to like kind of coalesce and pull together and you see these three orbs that rise up from their form these orbs are about 10 feet in diameter that now let's go five feet diameter that are floating up in the air, forming behind Goldbreak, and they begin to circle him. And you see one that is red, one that is green, and one that's blue. And they are very reminiscent, though much larger, of the orbs that you created by making your sacrifices down below the Bonhurst lock. 
but they are now encircling this, what I will call, sundered form of Goldbreak. Um, I hit are the A button. aware the... of um, the colors of the, like, the orbs? I didn't, I don't have that in my notes. Do we, like, know the color uh... that was... Yes, 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 yes. We so, would know that, right? Yes. Um, the, I was going to say, I feel like mine was blue. Um, yours was red, oh, for sure. Uh, power was, so uh, death was red, power was blue, and green was time. So the, the red was the aspect of um, of the Raven Queen, the blue was the aspect of Tiamat, and the Tiamat. green was the aspect of Kronos. Kronos, okay. Every time the green orb goes in front of his chest, I hit the A button on my controller. Okay, good. Good. Does that kill? Yeah, him? the same thing for the for the blue one. Yeah, you hit the X. <laughs> We're gonna time that out. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, what the literal fuck, John? Um oh, hey, all God. I can all I can say is I love you boys and it's been nice knowing you. I don't know if that's true. Doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun creating this this token. Um and I'm very happy with how it came out. That's all I can say. And uh, I'll post all these tokens. You know, I've actually have a I have a whole stash of these these tokens that I created for this game. I will post all of them uh, in the Discord after this campaign is done. Yeah, don't use them against your players because it's rude. <laughs> Whatever the fuck this is, it's mean. The I big bad just turned into this, and I have six HP. <laughs> Not fair. Ouchie's town. So you look up and you see this this just kind of a broken and like crackling version of of gold break and they look at you with these eyes that are just like burning with this kind of like rgb energy and they they look at you when they say in a deep a voice that is deep and like unlike it was before very different than the gold break you were talking to previously. Witness my ascension. Your reckoning is at hand. And with that, we are gonna roll initiative. Fuck. Uh, 18. 12. Two for Rangrim, 18 for Cosmo. 12, wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I have advantage too. I rolled a seven and an eight. What happened to all your dexterity, Glenn? Uh, I touched a fucking orb. A mean man took it from him. I touched that is touched some balls true. and I got old. That is going to bring us to the uh, the top of the round with Cosmo. Um, Cosmo, uh, it is your turn. Um, it is Cosmo's turn. It's quite a situation you find yourself in. It 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 really is. Um. So we're still. Did we like transport somewhere? Or is this just like... We just went straight up. We just It lifted, it cracked, it broke, and now we're in the air. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah they're kind of floating around these um, these levels. I think that the ones that are kind of stacked on top of each other, I would say that there's about a, maybe five feet, just to make it easier. Five foot height difference. I'm going to kind of commit to my retcon here that Aura Vitality starts now. Okay. And... So you start glowing with this, this gold energy... Left in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's like when you're a punch when you are a punchy boy and your main sole job is to run in 
right, we use our bonus action to heal because that's what we do. And then um, Cosmo steps up and uh, he kind of maybe just takes like step one step forward and he's just like, well, what now then? What now? Little break looks down at you, but those uh, just like there is whatever humanity, not humanity, whatever. I don't know. Just sanity that was in Goldbreak's eyes before that, like any kind of like reason that was there is gone. This thing is like a monster now, and it looks down at you and just says, "Now you die." Cosmo is going to pull off the the left side and exposing the mark of Moradin. And, it, and it's just like, by the power of Moradin, nothing will stop me. And uh, he's just gonna like smash. I don't know, man. Okay. Um, Get him, boy. I, I, Get him. I, I think that as you, um, as you do that, um, it, you, you start to, that, that Morden symbol like begins to glow, this like brand that you gave yourself like so long ago now at this point. And you begin to feel yourself coursing with that crackling electric energy and power. Um, and I would say take that uh, benefit you you get from being in single digit uh, HP. Ooh. All right. It's, I, I believe it's crit on um, 18 plus, And uh, also oh there is a benefit to your, um, there's a there's a there's a benefit to your because uh... Uh, I just rolled an 18 and a 19 to hit if that's true yeah that's then yeah then that's that's yes. true let's fucking go yes and then there was also a uh, there oh, was yeah. also additional... a benefit to your weapon as well uh, additional d6 your attacks I crit on 18 plus I think that was it that's all okay. I have that's all I have in my yep. Yep, that's it. Yo. Alright. Um roll some dice then, baby. Um We'll just do some we'll do some generic ass divine smites. Yeah, just you know, just generic div- divine smites. <laughs> just you level know, just... ones. Just some level ones. As you course with this uh this this electrical power. Uh, oh yeah. Um, all right. So here we go. So we're going to go 12, 15, 20. So double just, that. That's the, that's just the dice. That's dice. So 40, 40 on the first hit, uh, plus 10. So 50. Jesus. It's going to hurt. Um, and then we'll go seconds and then, oh, sorry. That was a three per so the other orbs each take three damage. Okay. And then they take each take six that time. That's not so one hundred and six total damage to. Yep, one hundred six. Gold break and eighteen total damage to the orbs. That's insane. Okay. Whoa. Uh, Good shit, Cosmo. Give me uh, uh give me break me off some uh some you know some flavor for this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think what happens is, is Cosmo just like, he pulls off his left shoulder and he like runs. And I think like he just like, maybe just takes like a slight hop and he jumps and he just like 
digs and drags. And as it's dragging, you just see the blue divine smite sparks all the way down to the ground. And then he brings it back and he like stabs into like his lower belly and you just see the, the, the smite energy just popping off. Solid turn. Um, that's going to bring us to uh, the red orb, which you see circling around Goldbreak. And you see it begin to glow with uh, like... Oh, kind cool. Of like Those bright, have initiative orders too. That's awesome. A bright light. Um, and then it is going to uh, pick a target. And it's going to target Glenn. Uh, you see you see the, the that red orb, um, a, a beam of red light uh, comes shooting out of it uh, towards you, Glenn. And I need for you to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, I'm good at those. You get plus, Mike? You get plus four for me. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Uh, I do not save. <laughs> I do not I'm, save. I'm going to guess with a 12, I do not save. No, a 10, I do not save. Okay. Um, I'm going to roll a bit of damage. Uh, Glenn, you see, uh, or the, the three of you see, uh, Cosmo, you, you see as this beam shoots past you. Um, as you Wait, kind of quick like, question. Mm-hmm. Is this a spell? Would this be considered a spell? Uh, yes. <laughs> I have an advantage. Oh, because of the ring? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. Uh, 16. Oh, yeah, sorry, because of the ring. From your uh, boy, 16. Yuri. That's not going to do it. Fuck! Fuck you, Yuri. Come on, man. <laughs> Slava, Ukraine. All right, hit me. Literally. Rangram, Cosmo, uh, you see as this this red beam blasts out of the, the red orb and hits Glenn just directly in the chest and blasts him back five feet, almost knocking him off the platform. And Glenn, uh, you take 61 damage. As oh. this thing hits you in the chest, <laughs> what? and you uh, you fall backwards, uh, falling unconscious, and like I said, almost almost falling off the off the ledge um, as your uh, bow kind of like falls to your side. Nothing falls off the edge, but you you it's very very close. And Glenn, you are unconscious. Um, that's gonna bring us to the taking a nap. The blue orb. Yes, take a little nap. I mean, it's been a long ass day, so I don't I don't blame you at all. Um. That's going to bring us to the blue orb, who uh, is continuing to circle, or it's continuing to circle around, and um, it takes uh, it takes a bead on you, Rangrim. And I need for you to make me a dexterity saving throw as you see it start to charge up this energy, um, and then this like red, green, and blue light begins to like kind of like shoot, like kind of like starts to build up around this orb. Deck save? Yes. Yeah, plus, plus four. Yeah. Oh, plus four. So that 16 is actually a dirty 20. It's a great Not roll, Rangrim. And in, in most uh, situations, uh, you would, oh, that would be fantastic. Come on. <laughs> Rangrim. Rip. Rip. You take 48 damage as this, uh, as this elemental beam uh, blast into you, uh, and it feels familiar to you. 
Um, the the energy that you're feeling hit you now reminds you a lot of the, the pain you felt when you were making your sacrifices to the the well down below the, uh, the Von Herslock. And as this energy is now blasted back and hits you in the chest, um, Uh, you you also fall unconscious um, as your shields and weapons drop to the side of you, and you uh, you also things start to go dark. And Cosmo, you're looking on as you watch your two friends fall um, and fall unconscious. And Goldbreak takes. Hold on. What? <laughs> Glenn. AKA Chandrel has a feat imbued in the double bladed scimitar. Okay. Of Indomitable. So Glenn goes down, but Chandrel catches him in her arms and kind of hoists oh, him that. back up. But he's also just absolutely punch drunk and swings at nothing in front of him. And that's. that's... <laughs> Do you have one so HP? Glenn's at, Glenn's at one HP. I haven't had the. It was literally it's technically the first your turn. feat I took. It's technically your turn. So I love that visual. So you, so Glenn, you you go down and um and you fall unconscious, and then Chandrel uh, kind of like turns into her corporeal form, summoning herself out of the scimitar that has fallen to your side, and like just like lift, like basically puts a hand down and pulls you up to your feet and says. Don't you give up on me yet. And uh, pulls you to your feet and hands you the scimitar. Uh, and you're you're standing up at one HP. It is your turn. Uh, I'm going to roll to see if Glenn is... Because, like, Indomitable is like, you get killed, and you it's like a fighter spirit, right? So you're, like, punch drunk. I'm trying to I'm gonna roll to see if Glenn's smart enough to think tactically or, like, blood bloodlust. Uh, I go Cosmo dice for for the tactics, <laughs> for the oh. vengeance. Cosmo uh, dice definitely chose the vengeance, and Glenn is going to charge <laughs> straight up at chose vengeance. Um, fuck knuckle here, and as he's charging forward with, like I think his eyes are just completely glazed over. He's not even truly like looking at anything. Um. He is going to, with his green flame blade, starting to spark. There's just this, like, spectral Chandrel flame around this. Probably see, like, an after image of Chandrel behind him, and he's just going to swipe away and just try to cut, like, the gullet of gold break right up the middle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, roll that attack. Oh, baby Jesus. Um, because they're in melee range and fighting Jasmo, um, it's technically with uh, with advantage. Yas? Sure. Nice. That would not have made much of a difference, but this might hit. I can't remember how much our boy's AC is, but something high. Oh, never mind. 31. That's going to hit. That does hit, surprisingly. Thank God. I'm glad there wasn't like some new added. Uh... It is hard. Don't say a 31 hits surprisingly. I'm kidding. It's not that high by any means. That's that's ridiculous. Okay, so it's who hurt you? 13 on the sword. 
So the first slash 13 damage, green flame blade, which will jump. So that's the only reason I chose green flame is after watching nice. Cosmo with the arcing. What the hell? That was weird. That's disappointing. Um, four damage to dealer's choice on the orb, let's say the blue one for funsies. Okay. And then one, two, it's the whole stack for uh yeah sorry so 17 damage two gold breaks so far four to uh whatever i said the blue orb yep and then five ten sixteen twenty thirty more damage to gold break okay so 47 damage to gold break four to the orb and glenn is like Glenn's looking at gold break, but he's seen like looking through gold break. He's like staggering with the double edged scimitar in front of him. He's like, uh, You friend, got him. That's Osmo. As you're looking on at Glenn as, as he's running pat, like running up to you, kind of taking you by surprise, you can see that like there is an outline. It's almost like Chandrell, like the outline of Chandrell is around him, like moving his form almost. Um, it's like the two of them like are kind of one and united in this moment to give uh Glenn this this final like or this like last <laughs> last attack. Um and uh you see uh just starts hacking away at, at Goldbreak next to you, uh joining you in your attack. And um, Glenn, you're, you're, you're slicing away, uh, as you, um, and not even paying attention to, uh, as, as, you know, a claw comes from your left, uh, and is going to attack. Um, that is going to be a 32, a 32 to hit. No, uh, misses. <laughs> Crazy, huh? No, hits. <laughs> um, that is 15 damage. As uh, as this claw comes in from the side and just like slaps slaps you, Glenn. And what happens Bitch. is it hits you, um, and Sean it like passes through Chandrell and Cosmos. You see Glenn get slapped sideways and, and clawed by this this claw. Um, you see Chandrell is like still there for a second, almost like an after image, and then you see that image fade, almost as if it like ripped Glenn's body out of this Chandrell like you know kind of uh, overcasing. And you watch as Glenn goes unconscious again. And Cosmo, it's just you now. And it's Goldbreak's turn. And Goldbreak just looks down at you with zero, no humanity. There's no pity. There's nothing. There's not even remorse left in this monster. And Bye-bye. It, it looks down at you and... It just starts attacking. Uh, that's going to be 23 to hit. Uh, misses. Okay. Well done. That is going to be a 25 to hit. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, that is going to be... Um, so it strikes down on you with um, with that first claw, and it, it doesn't hit. Um, but that second one... Um, so that's going to be 21 damage as this second claw comes in. Okay. Um, and I need you to make me a, uh, a strength saving throw. Cause our strength is 25. Oh yeah. That, uh, that belt. giant belt, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go. How does a dirty 30 do you? 
<laughs> that does. Uh, you are not grappled. The dirty he brings, holy shit. <laughs> he brings his claw down on you uh, and tries to pin you to the ground between his claws, almost as if to like put you in a position to coup de gras. And he is, uh, you're able to squ like squirm out of the way, though you take the damage from the claws and you feel like you know blood leaking through your through your armor. Um, and then, with as if it's like in frustration, uh, he you see his mouth. Uh, the same way it reached out towards that heart of Ao, it strikes out towards you, Snake. Snake, quick, uh, with a twenty-eight to hit you. That works. Uh, that's gonna be nineteen damage to start. Okay. Um, that's piercing damage. So as it bites down around you and pierces through your armor, you can feel those teeth bite into you, and then you feel energy start to flow out of the mouth as if it's like there's the other there's other damage that is like being like the energy itself is damaging you and that is going to be an additional 12 damage is that uh no i'm not at that time ah fuck so so cosmo as as you feel this this these teeth sink into you and this energy just like burns through the inside of your body you you're fighting it you're doing everything you can to stay awake but things start to get dark and then for the three of you, they start to get darker. And you all are gone as you fall into this blackness. And we pan away from this scene as the three of you, you know, find yourself unconscious. And we pan away to places across Sakal as we see this red, green, and blue wave washing out across the continent, uh, across and reaching every corner of Sakal and washing over all of these battlefields, these battles that are happening simultaneously across Sakal because of the places that you put your friends and your allies to help you in this cause. And as we watch this, we watch this energy wave uh, wash over these distant regions of Sakal, we center on Whitport. And you can see there that there is in the middle of the town. You can see that uh, you can see that Leon and um, and Cedric and uh, and the um, and Baldor and his troop are have all like taken up like refuge in the center of town and have like basically barricaded the city against the empire that's on the outside. And they are they're holding them at bay. Like they they basically turned it into this like makeshift kind of uh, like fort. That's, that's keeping the, the Imperial armies out. And as we see this scene, we, we kind of pan away from that and we settle onto the graveyard that is in the city of Whitport. And it's a place that you've been before, unfortunately, when you were helping to solve the murders. And we see a gravestone that has a familiar name on it. And it's the grave of Joseph the Were-Tiger. And then we see a hand reach out of the soft earth and as the, as the camera goes wider, we see more hands begin to reach out as every, from every single grave, figures start to arise from the ground as this red, green, and blue aura washes across the call. And we see them get up and begin to shamble towards, towards Cedric and Leon and all of the denizens of Whitport. And then we pass over to 
southern parts of Sakal to Southbridge, where you sent Floating Leaf and the the uh, the militia of Elf, the Ebon Liberation Front, and we see the devastation that they've been able to rot, like to to bring against the um, the the southern reaches of the Empire, where this bridge that you asked them to destroy has been absolutely just ripped apart, almost as if like some sort of explosion was involved in that. Um, and then you can also see that there have been these natural, uh, these natural growths, these like of tr trees and barricades that have been erected by Floating Leaf. You can see her even now, kind of flying up in the air and shooting these 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 balls of energy at the um, at the soldiers that are on the other side of the river, um, while the the denizens of Ebon Liberation Front are attacking from afar, taking refuge behind these. Uh, these like natural like trees and barricades that Floating Leaf has been able to uh, erect, and then we see her gaze distracted from the uh, from the armies on the other side of the river, and we see her gaze pan over to the forest on the the highwood, um, and she's watching as hundreds of dark forms begin to appear at the. Uh, at the tree line and it's difficult to tell what they are until they come into like basically start to come into the firelight and as they begin to take form you can see that they are a number of animals like a horde of them but there is something very wrong with them their forms are twisted and they are desecrated and there are like chunks of fur missing and lot of many of them look long dead and as they come out of the edge of the forest, you can see that it's not only on the side with Floating Leaf and Elf, but also on the side with the Imperial Army. And then you see the horde of these, just these undead animals begin to charge out towards both parties. Um, and then we go to we go to a, a different place. We go to a place you've never actually been. Uh, Amber Falls. It's a it's kind of the vacation capital of Sakal. And but we do even if you haven't been there, you know someone there. And we see the 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 form of the uh, a former constable Chav Hunter who is sitting lounging by this uh, this like waterside um, in this like just beautiful kind of uh, you know lakeside or waterfall side town think like bottom of niagara falls um and you see this beautiful waterfall that's that's out in front of him as he's kind of like basking watching the uh watching the the starfall like reflecting off the water um and you see these this waterfall that is falling over the long dead form of a terrasque that has been there for hundreds and hundreds of years that this city was actually built around and as the ground begins to slightly rumble you see Constable Hunter get up and look as the form of the long dead Tarasque begins to stir. And then finally we go to Tintown and we see Regalia, we see Amy, we see Pops and we see Madge who are, they are doing exactly what you asked them to do. They are fighting the empire while kind of like keeping it on the down low. They are they are they are working in subterfuge to undermine the imperial forces that are there. And you can see that like you probably watch a uh, an like an imperial soldier just get pulled behind a wall and like uh and just get like basically head get their head snapped by 
uh, by Regalia as she steps out. And you see the four of them uh, kind of like smiling as they see uh, see Regalia do this. And the they are all smiling until they start to feel the ground beneath them rumble. And as the three of the, the four of them are looking around, trying to figure out exactly where the rumbling is coming from, they don't have to wait long because from the center of Tintown, from the mound where the Boulderfist Mining Company set up their uh, their offices long, long ago, you see a massive form erupt from the ground below. It is a massive and half decomposing purple worm that stands a hundred feet above the ground, arcing out in like a in like kind of like a large hook, um, directly out of the center of this Boulder Fist compound. And as it looks down through eyes that have long since rotted out of its face, it looks down onto the town of Tintown, and you see the the four of your friends and all of the people of Tintown just look on with abject horror. And we now go back to the three of you. And you feel yourselves floating in this darkness. And it's just, you don't know how long it's been, but you begin to come back to your senses and you start to feel yourself almost floating as if you're on water that's not wet. Um, And you feel yourself being pulled towards a light in the far distance. And though you are alone, you can feel the presence of your friends in in the near vicinity, though you can't see them. As you all uh, as you all feel yourself floating, you also start to realize that like you don't feel injured anymore. You feel like warm and comfortable, and you are you see you feel yourself floating towards this um, this this light. And as you start to get closer. Um, you, your feet begin to uh, kind of like, you feel yourself kind of like hit something solid. Like you almost like, almost as if you like beat yourself up on, like you've been washed up on a shore and you can feel that there is solid ground beneath you and the light is in the far distance. And as you get up, you can see that, um, I think that you are all there, but maybe like there's like 20, 20 feet, uh, you know, distance between the three of you. Um, and you are all clad in like just this, you know, just like normal, like clothing, like your armor is gone. You're wearing like whatever clothing that you were wearing underneath your armor, but it's like, brand, it's clean. It's not torn. It's, it's, and it feels like warm and pressed as if it's just got out of the dryer. We, we have like washed ashore, but not. It's all, it's all black space. It was, it was it's all, okay. It's and all backspace, and you can see light in the, in the like far the distance. Standing. Yep, and it, you've gotten close enough to it at this point where, like, you can see that it almost looks like the corner of a room in the far, far distance, and the light is very dim. Um, yeah. If I, you said everyone's like about twenty feet away. Can I like see them in that twenty feet, or is it like pitch black? It's like like a darkness orb, where it's like I can't see. You can my see boys. the. You can see their faces reflecting the the dim light in the distance, um, but but nothing, no light behind you. It's pitch black, like and not even just like darkness. It's just like there is nothing out there, um, and you. But you can see their like their their faces and and bodies are illuminated by this kind of like faint light in the distance. So you can see the front of them next to you. 
Uh, Glenn's kind of like stumble kind of to his feet. Um, there's just like a, a wash to shore feeling. He stumbles his feet and he's going to yell out. He's, uh, Cosmo, Rangrim, Chandrell. Can we? Hello? Uh, hello. Hello. Can we hear him? Glenn, you can. You Glenn, absolutely can. You? Yeah, you can hear them. You don't feel the presence of Chandrell, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Rangrim, this, I'm, I'm this way. Cosmo, can you hear me? Uh, I'm I'm over here. Cosmo, are we fucking dead? Where uh, the fuck are it, we? Is this what it feels like to be dead? That's not how it was the first two times I died, but... Um, this is the shittiest library I've ever seen. Do I feel... I feel I good. See, I, I can't feel, see shit. I feel revitalized. We must be somewhere. Let's, um, I mean, it sounds cliche, but uh, I say we head towards that light. I don't know about that. All the books I've read say go away from the light. And Glenn's yeah. gonna look behind him. What's what's away from the light? Uh, just blackness. It's it's where you came from. And, it's, and like I said, it's not just dark. It, like, it is, like, your dark vision, there's nothing. It literally is just black. Like, when you look that way, it you can't even tell if there's distance. It's kind of like the memory of when we were, like, seeing Loth's, uh, or not Loth's yeah. memory, but when we were, like, okay. Yep. Um, yep. Similar. Glenn's going to, like, kind of... I, I, I guess Glenn feels better, but he's going to sort of stagger his way, disoriented towards... Um, towards Cosmo first, just because Cosmo's kind of been like the pillar of strength and quite literally a moral compass. Um, Glenn's going to find his way towards Cosmo. Cosmo, are we, we... Is this familiar to you? I mean, we were... We were fighting Goldbreak. This is... Is this the afterlife? This is no. really, really underwhelming and kind of disappointing considering... I thought there would be like this whole Meads Hall and everything you guys have talked about, glory and battle and all that shit. Is usually, this usually there's a transitional place? Um, it. I haven't been here before, but um, I I think we're somewhere in between potentially. I don't. I know we didn't die, but um, well, do we have any of our room? weapons? You don't have any weapons. Is, you don't have any is, items. Is Rangrim's eye and hand now normal? Or are they both the artificial mm. ones? That's a great question. Um, this actually was a question this time, too. You are. They are. Yeah. You're, you're, you're whole. Your hand is back. Your eye is back. Oh, guys. Guys. Uh, if, Wait. If, Whoa. <laughs> he's like looking around because he still has not like found out where they are. He's just like realizing that his <laughs> hand is his hand. And then he can see it with his other eye. Uh, where are you? Um, is depth perception back? Yeah. Now he can like see distances. <laughs> uh, Glenn's going to attempt to cast Minor Illusion and just light like a a neon sign towards us. Does anything happen? Uh yeah, that does that does go off. There's so you see a giant like pink and gold neon sign pointing to where we are. There's live oh, news. Great. Guys, look it. Look it. Remember this? 
Yeah, I thought we killed that. Do we need to do that again? Well, we did. I, my... Is it, I mean, I'm kind of happy about it, but it's kind of concerning. And check this out. He's, he's poking himself in the eye like, ow, shit. <laughs> That's a real one. Well, even in death, Rangrim's the same. Cosmo, what, what the fuck are we supposed to do? I think we, uh, I think we head this way as he points towards the light. Uh, dwarves first. I sure. insist. Uh, all right, follow me, fellas. I'll, I'll, uh, so I'll we, find the way. So we, we just, we're dead now, okay? Right, and we just—that's the thing. That's Something what all like the this. books talk about. Yeah, Rangroom, who, who do you want to haunt? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Probably Balder. It's got to be Balder, sure, right? That's for, what I was going to say. Sure, Balder. Yeah. F- fellas. I'm going to move all his spoons in his fellas. drawers and make his cabinets fly open. Fellas. The, a- the afterlife hasn't started yet. I don't know if oh. you know this, but we still have an unfinished job back on our plane of existence. So we have to find a way back so that we can take care of our friends now i mean that's true he's the only artist ever been here before i didn't know that was an option to get back well we'll we'll find a way i'm sure there is one but you said there was a lot of books and stuff like it was a library before it's right over this way it's right over this way come with me and i'll show you this as as the three of you are continuing to walk towards the uh that dim light in the distance um the, the ground beneath you begins to kind of changes from that like just kind of like solid blackness to like you start to hear your feet like slowly at first but then they it begins to become louder like like hitting on cobblestone like in the ground takes on a cobblestone kind of texture as you get closer to this corner and sure enough as you get closer to the corner you can see the this this room is like it's like it's a corner of a much larger building and sure enough it does resemble a library but cosmo there is something very different about this time that you're here than last time this library is in absolute ruin it looks like it has been a thousand years of neglect since you were here last and like the the there is like the tables, everything is like falling apart and it does not look like anything has been here for just eons. Um, and it, it is, there's one candle that is, that is still lit on the table and that's where this light is coming from. And as you, uh, as you walk over and get closer to this room where you're actually like now in this corner where like it actually is solid cobblestones beneath you and these bookcases that are just extending into infinitum above you, you can see that this place seems not only empty, but just barely holding together as if whatever power or energy has been keeping it here is just about at its end. And as you, as you walk over, um, you see a small form that comes walking out from behind one of the bookshelves. And Cosmo, you recognize it immediately as the archivist, but something, it it is lesser. It is, usually when you've seen the archivist, they've been about gnome size. I think the first time you saw them, they were like dwarf size, and then they were about gnome size. This time they're about a foot tall. They're still stout, and they seem like they're comprised of that same celestial kind of makeup like they're they're basically a stout outline of like 
celestial bodies. Um, and But they're about a foot tall and they seem very transparent. Like you can almost, you can see through them a lot more than the last time you were here, as if they're like a lot more ephemeral um, or fading away. And as they walk up, their voice is, is weak. And it says, Well, you're just in time. I'm so happy to see you. Yes. Um, although things don't look like they're doing well around here. What, um, what's going on? Well, our time is about up. It's, this is our, this is, this is about it for not only myself, but, well, for the three of you as well, and for Sakal. But, no, 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 that, that can't be. That's not how this was supposed to end. I, I know that it can be distressing, but we aren't without hope. Like I said, you're just in time. And he kind of walks over towards the shelves and um, all the moldering, just moldering tomes and scrolls that are just like full, filling the, the, the shelves. And Cosmo, when you were here last, like you remember there being, it just being full of all these stories of like of dwarves, just like the, from the most mundane to the most like grandiose stories of all of these dwarves that have, you know, have existed or, you know, were to exist. And these stories that have been, that were being kind of like archived. And you can see now that they are still there, but these books look like they are in absolute disrepair and ruin as if they are like one blow, like one like gust of wind would turn them all to dust. Um, and he, like I said, he, he kind of walks over to these, the, the, over to the shelves. And he says, the time has come finally. Not just for you, Cosmo, but for all of you. And he looks at Glyn and Rangrim. And Cosmo turns and he's just like, Glyn, Rangrim, this is the archivist. Uh, I've um, I've seen him a couple of times when I die. Okay, so we all definitely did right now. Because that's the god. Yeah. You're... He he uh, looks he looks at you and kind of raises a hand like being like I kind of like he he already knew who you were but he's he's giving you a little wave uh, and goes you're not it's a bit uh, complicated but you're not technically dead yet this is a kind of way station between the astral plane and the prime material and. I think things will begin to make a bit more sense, but the reason that you're here, Rangrim and Glynn, is that those that we love and who love you share in your burdens as well as your victories. And you see as um, the the archivist uh, looks looks over at you and, and gives a little bow and you all have done well too work so hard together to reach this point. You wouldn't be here now alongside Cosmo if 
you hadn't been true friends. And as I said, there is still hope. And it seems as though you truly are meant to be here, right here, right now. And the archivist turns around and begins to waves their hands up into the air towards the shelves. And you see as things start to move. Rising up into infinitum, you see scrolls of, of different, uh, they, they're kind of pulling themselves out of the moldering tomes and other like kind of dilapidated pieces that are on the shelf. And they begin to pull themselves off of the shelf and um, you can see them unraveling and the, the runes that are written onto the pages, they begin to illuminate with white light and actually peel off of the page. And when they do, they kind of dissolve into this white light as these hundreds of scrolls are pulling off of the shelves, unraveling and then dissolving into these, like basically just these, these flowing energy uh, waves of white light that are begin to coalesce about 20 feet above you in this just kind of like white ball that is beginning to expand uh, slowly as these these scrolls continue to remove themselves from the from the shelves and unravel and the the runes convert into this like pure white energy that is coalescing into this orb. And he turns back to to look at you and goes, "Now, I imagine you have many questions." I, I don't know what I can help to answer, but I assume at this point that you have encountered the heart of Ao. Am I correct? Yes. Um, we all paid a cost to uh, un unlock it from its uh, holding place. Uh, Goldbreak took it, though. Indeed. As they were meant to. What you made your sacrifices... You say meant to, like... We are all now in in the throes of fate that have been predetermined for some time. Though, so Coswell's been here, and you did you tell him about this? No, I mean, it's, no, he probably couldn't. It's okay. It's your I mean, destiny. I know there's a lot of books in here, but I just, I just don't get the point of dying and getting this precognition if it, if it's not helpful. And like Rangram's just like wandering off, like muttering to himself, but <laughs> he doesn't understand the point of this. Of course, I. And he, uh, the, the, you, you see the, the little form kind of like put a hand out towards you, Rangrim, as if he's concerned and goes and pulls it back. And goes, I, I understand your, your frustration. I, I feel it myself. I've explained to Cosmo before, but I am but a fragment of a whole, something that was much, that used to be much greater than I am now. And, the fates of our futures are, have only been revealed to me now that it is time to do so. 
and only because I have been allowed to. I, this is complicated, I know. What you created with your sacrifices, and that was not unnecessary. It was quite necessary to end up here now. But what you created was something that was intended to take the place or to function in the same way that the heart of Ao did. But it was not created by Ao themselves. It was an imposter created by others, and it was a false heart. And what Goldbreak has taken into themselves is an incomplete and imperfect version of the heart of Ao. Well, that's a relief. Good to know he doesn't actually have the heart of the creator god in his gullet. As as the three of you are are hearing this, you take notice of the the form of pure light that is this ball of pure light that is forming above you, and the the archivist uh, continues and says, "The heart of Ao is something that it did not end up where it was intended to. It found its way to the prime material plane in a." to a place where, by pure accidents, it has resided. And it has been protected and in a way, in a certain way, to protect not only the wielders, but also those who it unintentionally ended up with. When the heart of Ao was disconnected from the god. It fell to the prime material plane, and in doing so, it collected a fragment of another god. A god that, when it pulled that god's fragments into itself and fell to the prime material plane, those two became linked. And that fragments of the other god functioned in a way as a protector of sorts. And when it, when it came to reside in its resting place, that protector sought to separate that power, that great power, into a much larger amount of smaller pieces to, def- to diffuse its power and to hide it away to make sure that it could not be as dangerous as it possibly could. So who was you... who was this god who intervened? He he looks over at uh at Cosmo. Again, this form has no face. It doesn't have any features. He turns looks at Cosmo and goes, "I think you know. You think I know." Yeah, uh, Cosmo, give it up. Religion check. You don't have to. I'll I'll continue. Uh, well, I think um, Cosmo is just like he's flabbergasted of just like like you look at me like it's supposed to be me, but I think what you mean is is maybe it's Moridian. I meant that's probably Rangrim. 
<laughs> I he, he looks at you at Rangram and uh and, and gives a like kind of you can tell that there's like a, a chuckle there the head moves back in a way and um even though they don't have facial features and they um they look at you Cosmo goes I intended to say that you knew who that god was and yes it was Morden when the heart of Ao fell to the prime material plane it collected a fragment of Morden and he kind of puts his arms up like like this and um and and looks in like shows the area around us that fragment of morden was the part in which collected and stored all of the collective memories and stories of the dwarves that have come before and those that will come after and i have functioned as its keeper in that time since and morden that that shard of morden served another purpose because when that fragment, when the heart of Ao fell to the prime material plane, it fell and hit a child. And that child could not be burdened or safely handle the power that the heart of Ao contained. And to protect that child, the heart was separated and archived and kept safe for a time in the future when its power would be needed again and when its power could be safely wielded for good. You're still looking at me, aren't you? <laughs> I think uh, uh, we're all looking at him. We've yeah, all turned like, our heads towards him like a fragment of a god hit a child. I mean, we, child we born during this, the sundering. We called this like fucking months ago. Well, well what's her face got? Is an aspect of something? What was her name? Yeah, I mean, I can call myself the fucking avatar of, like, dope barrels, but I'm not really, like, you know, helping anybody catch any waves. That's fucking crazy. Are you actually the avatar of Morden? I had to go it's on a whim. I was going to say... also looking at you right now. <laughs> Lady Zaran was straight bullshitting, but, I mean, you were born during the Sundering, weren't you? The day of it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, the... That. So, so what? Now I'm supposed to take up the thing that I was. I might listen, Cosmo. I love you, boy. But we're literally standing here, dead, <laughs> listening to a literal ghost saying that you got hit by a shot of a god on the day of your birth. I, I don't think he's pulling a fast one on us, my guy. Well, no, I believe him. So then, what now? What do I do? Oh, well, use your god powers to bring us back, so we can kill that dick. Yeah, rub your rub your hands together and I, be I like. I think that'll be the first order of business. Right. Ipso facto murdero, and let's get this shit going. Well, now that you guys have given me your thorough, <laughs> sound advice, I'm gonna go ahead and listen to this guy. Who, uh, by the story of it, it sounds like you, Mr. Archivist, are also a piece of Morgan. Um, he, uh, he looks down at you and goes, I am but a caretaker for that, that power, but I appreciate it. Though there are many fragments of the gods that fell to Sakal and to the Prime Material Plane after, during the Sundering, and while there are many people who may have been 
imbued with aspects of those gods, fragments of them and their powers. You and your situation is slightly different, Cosmo. It was but a fragment of Moradin's soul that attached itself to the heart of Ao. But there is only one heart of Ao. And that source is what you've been pulling your powers from, channeled through the fragments of Moradin that attached itself to it. And that fragment of Moradin has been channeling that power to you as you are able to control it over the course of your life. Channeling the power through itself. So, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it. I think it makes quite a bit of sense. In he looks at you and and looks at all of you and goes, Cosmo, I have watched you from the moment that you were born. I have feared for you when you've stumbled, and I have cheered for you when you have succeeded. And I could not be prouder of the friends that you've surrounded yourself with. And he's, it's, this form is looking fondly at Rangrim and Glynn. And he uh, looks, looks back at you, Cosmo, and um, you, like, even though this form is, like, you know, faceless, featureless, um, you see, like they, they, you see, like a fondness in their face, and um, they, they reach out almost like towards, like towards you with like a hug, even though they're like a foot tall. Um, what do you do, Cosmo? Um, I think Cosmo, like, this is like true, maybe like dad fashion, but I think he gets down on a knee. Okay. Embraces the hug. Okay. You. It feels like. Like the the same sensation you get with pop rocks in your mouth, that's kind of the sensation that you're getting. Like it's almost like small sparks of static electricity as you're touching this figure. Oh, just pop um, rocks on my skin. That sounds cool. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so this this figure continues to um, to you you embrace this figure in getting this strange sensation, and um, as it pulls away. Uh, you you see them looking at you uh, fondly still, and um, you're looking up, and you can see that this this form above you, that this 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 ball of pure white energy that is uh, still collecting from the the scrolls, it seems to be slowing, like the scrolls are pulling off at a slower rate, um, and you can see that this figure is like, as you pull away from them, like they are even more transparent than they were before, like they're they're they're, they're just basically an outline now, and as they're looking at you. Um, their their voice like kind of changes and, and drops in in tone um and when it does cosmo you are pulled back to a time in your life when you were much younger and you were just a, a young dwarf and it was when you're in tin town and you were waking up and you you heard the door open and you rushed over to it um and you saw a form that was just about to walk out of it. You see their silhouette, and they um, and you kind of like 
run and you like wrap your 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 arms around their leg as uh, as they kind of you know kind of stopping them from going. And this silhouette turns to you and you see the you see the face of your father, who uh, who turns around and gives you gives you a hug um, as they are before they head off to the mines um, for that that final time, the last time that you saw them. And as you hear this voice shift in the archivist, it is, you immediately recognize it. And it says, your mother would be proud. She must be proud. Give her my love for me, will you? And uh, as you hear that voice, it kind of like reverberates as that form just dissolves in your arms and as it does so the scrolls of you you this this moment freezes just kind of stops like everything is is quiet and then you realize just how quiet it is because the scrolls are no longer pulling themselves off of the shelves above you and you look up and you see there is a massive just the most beautiful white pure white orb of energy that is floating above you and it starts to descend towards the three of you. And as it does so, it, it, separates, it separates into three individual spheres. And they start to lower down towards the three of you. What do you do? How big are these orbs? Uh, I would say that now at this point, they're about the same size as the, the Heart of Ao was originally. So like, you know, basketball size. But before that, it was like much larger. I, I think um, Cosmo maybe would take a small step forward and rest his hand out there and maybe just look at his companions behind him and like I think I think this one is uh, I think this is the real one fellas Glenn's shoulder I'll checks. I'll try to do this for our young counts, young, young stone heart, and I'm gonna just do the same thing, just follow suit. Glenn's okay. shoulder checks Rangrim and takes his. I think Glenn just bounces off Rangrim and like embarrasses, <laughs> like walks over to his and puts his hand on his all solemn. It, it's it, it yours. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, you you bounce off Rangrim and then your uh, orb just kind of settles down in your hand, um, and it's it's like. It's so warm and inviting feeling. Like it's just it it's it doesn't it like it's not a tangible ball. It's just like this energy that you can feel that's like resting on your hand and it feels like um just incredibly warm. Uh and like I mean basically at this point, like you you all are sitting there holding these things and you feel this this almost like almost like it's asking you for like permission for something. Like it's it, it's almost it's like asking it's like it, it's just like you feel this kind of like something reaching out towards you. Do you accept it or do you reject it? Rangham's looking directly at Cosmo like, um, well, uh, what do, bro? Uh, Cosmo accepts it. Yeah, okay. I think as Rangram's asking that question, Glenn rolled a nat 20 on Insight, which I'm assuming is going to be pretty high on... Uh, the trust level. So Glenn's already like accepted it as Rangram's asking yeah. that question. Okay. Okay. Then Rangram would follow suit for sure. Okay. So as the three of you accept this fate, whatever it may bring, you feel the orb begin to sink 
and enter into your chests. And as it does, you feel like this, you start feeling yourself just like so just invigorated and so like just full of power that like it quickly becomes too much and your vision, the three of you, your vision goes white. And it's different than when you when you blacked out. It's different than when you went unconscious. Things go white and you feel just warm and comfortable and um, and then you suddenly are not in, you're not as comfortable anymore. And you feel yourself laying on a hard surface and it's cold and you can feel there is like, you, you can hear like just all of a sudden there's just like lots of sound. And as you open your eyes, you find yourself laying on that broken elevated platform where the temple of Ao uh, has been raised up into the air by Goldbreak's uh, by Goldbreak's power. And as you open your eyes and begin to sit up, you see Goldbreak up in front of you, still there uh, in this broken, sundered form. And as you, the three of you sit up, you see them, even in this monstrous form, look so surprised. And the three of you stand up and you feel just incredible because you have been fully healed and are just flowing with, with Ao's divine power because the three of you are now level 20. And that is where we're going to leave the session tonight. Oh, get fucked. Let's go. Oh, no. John, oh, what? I, I never should have doubted you for a moment. Oh, my God. For a moment. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.